0: Uh, Remix Medicine Remix fam Scary remix. Next big thing Get on it now Appreciate that brother Make the most of today Thank you for listening You're listening to Medicine Remixed
1: up remix fam it's reesh it's monday and it's world suicide prevention day i got a text over the weekend from debunked who is currently preparing for his psychiatry board exams by the way and the text read something like this yo this is gonna sound fucked up and i'm not saying for any particular reason but if you should ever have thoughts of taking your own life even for a second It's important that you know I'd want you to call me. I mean, I'd want you to call any fucking body to ensure your safety, but I'd want you to know you can always reach out to me. No worry about judgment or any shit like that. Again, no reason for sending this other than I felt in the moment to send. I obviously thought this was a super powerful text message and I responded with appreciation while returning the sentiment his way. And quite honestly, he would definitely be the first person I would call whether he sent me that message or not. But I felt the need to share his text message with y'all with the hope that it might compel someone or everyone listening out there to reach out to their homies too, whether it's on World Suicide Prevention Day or not. That simple message expressing to someone going through some dark, secret shit that you care about them and that he or she can talk to you might be just the thing to help save even one person's life. We as a society have barely scratched the surface on this mental health and suicide conversation, so we feel the need to promote this conversation as much as we possibly can. And on that note, next up, you're going to hear a rebroadcast of arguably one of the most powerful episodes we've ever done regarding the topic of suicide and mental health. And there are plenty of new listeners on Medicine Remix that might not have heard this one. But even for the longtime listeners of the podcast who have, I think this episode is a great refresher of a conversation about suicide and mental health that we can't have enough. You're listening to the one and only Medicine Remixed. I don't know if you ever
2: read it. There was, uh, I want to say in the 70s, I want to say mid-70s uh, or late 70s, actually. Um, there was a study published where they took like 500 people who were planning to jump off the golden gate bridge do you know about this no yeah so it was late 70s i want to say it was about 500 or 600 people who were ultimately prevented from jumping off the golden gate bridge in a, a pretty wide span of time from like the 30s to the 70s a bunch of people it became a very iconic spot for the wrong reasons and people wanting to jump off and there wasn't like security or shit like that. It was easy to do. And the water's fucking freezing and the whole bay is pretty rocky. So even if you got knocked out, you'd probably get slammed into some rocks and torn up and there's fucking sharks out there and you know Alcatraz and all that shit. So it was a popular spot. Well, what they found was of those 500 people that they were able to prevent from jumping, like 30 years later, 95% of them were still alive or had died of natural causes unrelated to uh, attempting to take their own lives. So that study was interesting because it found that, you know, despite a true intention to want to kill yourself, that the majority of people, if they could be helped through that time period, ended up living long, presumably fruitful lives. But the idea of this impulsive act, you know, the the, the estimates are as high as like 75% of people who, who commit suicide do it impulsively and that's kind of amorphous and hard to de- define like what does that mean to be impulsive and do it but of those people who make that decision to commit suicide there's a good percentage of those people if they make it through if they actually attempt suicide and don't die immediately like literally immediately it was really freaky because the new yorker did an article on it back in early 2000 and i'll never forget it because they talk about this 18 year old kid And he decided that he was going to jump off the Golden Gate Bridge. He just, that was it. He had had enough. I want to say the kid was being made fun of for his sexual orientation. I could be completely wrong. I might have made that up. But I remember it was something along those lines where he was kind of being bullied. Um, And he thinks to himself, I'm fucking done. Nobody cares. He jumps. And his quote was, my first thought was, what the hell did I just do? I don't want to die and it was after he had jumped it was literally like he worked himself up and he just fucking jumped and then there's another guy like a 30 year old dude who says he didn't waste any time like he he wasn't going to be pacing around at the top of the bridge he got to the fucking bridge and he jumped and all he could remember thinking was instantly right after he jumped he realized that everything in his life was completely fixable except for the decision to jump and that shit has really, like, for whatever reason, and it was before I even, you know, thought about even going into medicine, much less psychiatry, that it, it, it I don't know, for some reason, it sort of etched a place in my heart where, you know, I, I've lost friends to suicide as well, and I always think to myself, like, fuck, man, what kind of pain, what kind of hurt would one have to feel? I I've, I've, I've felt fucking ultra shitty in my life. Sometimes for shit that I deserve to feel shitty for, for, just shit that I did. And other times for shit that was done to me. And nonetheless, I, I think, what the fuck would I have to feel to get to that point? What, what sort of hopelessness would I have to feel to fucking do it, to just say, fuck it. I know I'm gonna hurt people. I know I'm gonna abandon people. I know I'm gonna disappoint people, but I can't do this anymore. The juxtaposition of that with folks who actually tried to do it, and the second they let go, they had the privilege of thinking, fuck, I shouldn't have done this, and survived, you know? And you think, fuck, man, how many of these guys, you know, who, if the hand of God could catch that bullet before it hits somebody's brain, could catch that rope before it just fucking snaps their neck." And just hold them for a second and say, this doesn't have to be. I think that that's, to me, that scares me because I don't know if you know this, but the statistic of psychiatrists and suicide prediction, it's 50%. We're not very good at flipping a coin. Yeah, and that same flip of a coin, it frightens me because I think I'm good at it. I hope I'm good at it. But it's a flip of the coin in the same way that the person committing the actual act also it. might be a flip. Yeah, it, it, it might be a flip of the coin if they want what that outcome is, ultimately. Because there's only one way of knowing, is this the right move for them? And they feel it's doing it. And in that moment, how long that second must feel, that, that half a second that hundreds of a second between the decision to pull the trigger, the decision to take those pills, that if you could just stretch that time and just fucking, who knows, who knows, maybe 10% of those people still want to do it. I'm not saying that's a justification for it, but it just fucking terrifies me that as a person who's at least somewhat of sound mind and body, I know that I think from the outside I can assess a situation and say, you know what, I'm concerned for this person's well-being. You know, I think we should admit into the hospital. That's a total judgment call based on what? Based on what? The statistics show it. We're batting 50%. We can guess that's as good as we're going to get. But that's what's sort of, I guess, the emphasis is really on the people around those people to take those sorts of statement seriously to really uh not be afraid to have that conversation to really put themselves out there to say hey man I just want you to know that if you ever had this fucking thought you know you can call me and not have to feel bad about it and not I don't think people have that conversation very often nobody wants to think that that's even a possibility but You know we know the risk factors i'm sure you remember that fucking mnemonic uh, that sad person's mnemonic in in med school the way really that i remember it when we're assessing for you know somebody's suicide risk i just think of robin williams right because it's you're more likely if you're a male to commit suicide or at least attempt suicide successfully meaning actually take your own life his age group right because he was an older guy and anything over 59 and being a male, but also being between the ages of 15 and 25, which is weird because Cornell and Chester both didn't fit that age range, which is almost more hurtful, right? Because you're kind of like, they're in the prime of their life. It almost makes more sense when you're 60 or over, because you're kind of like, well, maybe that person feels it's over for them. They're over the hill, their youth is gone. And between the ages of 15 and 25, it's understandable that that's a fucking hormonal soup nightmare of growing up and trying to learn to be a person so it, it, yeah. those ages almost make sense but you know and of course the D for depression and the P for previous attempts and the E for you know fucking excessive alcohol use and all that shit people can look that stuff up but for the sake of going through it loss of rational thinking you know either somebody's psychotic or they got some other illness going on um, if they're single divorced or widowed um if they've ever had a serious attempt in the past which it's hard to tell with everybody you don't know unless they tell you or ended up in the hospital um no social support and really the idea that we're not good at predicting it the only way you're going to know is if somebody wants to ultimately tell you but i think not enough of us ask and not enough of us take it seriously i think that that's uh a thing that once you have it happen once having a close friend like you would not be the person to take words like that lightly should you ever hear them again or hear them for the first time from somebody or feel the obligation to ask somebody hey man you know are you having thoughts of hurting yourself um you probably would never miss that opportunity but i think for people who haven't and fortunate for them suffered a loss of life in that way i don't know how many people would ask i don't know if that's in people's psyche to even bring it up, to even mention it. And that's the part that's scary because if a close friend isn't willing to ask, how many doctors do you think you're willing to ask? Or even think of it, you know? I would hope more because we're trained to do so, but just, you know, hearing about all of this really fucked with my head was I I don't know if I could prevent it. I would hope to be able to spot it, but it's a Serious enough issue that consistently, like, what, the ninth or tenth most common cause of death in this country? I mean, that's fucking yeah. crazy. You know, that's oh, that, that shouldn't be an awkward conversation to have or something that fucking frequent. And yet, here we are.
1: <laughs> Support for today's Medicine Remix show comes from Zipator Anti-Talk, Listening tablets, for those who not only need to listen, but more importantly, for those who need to listen with the willingness to let others change their minds. Imagine that. Zipitor is now available in liquid, designed for those who just can't seem to swallow their pride. Zipitor, just shut the fuck up and listen. Side effects of Zipitor may include verbal constipation, not jumping to conclusions and severe empathy. Ask your doctor or your significant other if Zipitor is right for you. Now,
3: back to listening at its best, Medicine Remixed. It's significant, man. You know, just like you said, the fact that it's even in the top causes of death, that's a real conversation. And that's why, like, you know, I always say, at least like in the context of audio, I feel like the four medicines of medicine remix i call it the two mcs mc mc it's music comedy motivation and conversation man like conversation whether you're in it or just like listening to it and this is essentially like what your field is like a big part of your skill set is that medicine of conversing with another human being and through the art of you know asking questions and being empathetic and trying to create a trust and a rapport and if all of those you know stars align like you know you really can do with just the art of communication you know so fucking much man like just communicating with another human being talking to them about you know whatever it is that's gotten you to like that low of a point that you're actually contemplating this and I, I I'm sure they've done like surveys about like how common it is at some point in your life for people to have at least thought about it. You know, ten probably got to be a freak. It's only 10%.
2: 10% at some point or another have contemplated, have thought about suicide. And that's a conservative, I've read as high as 25. Um, but, I, you know, it's you, you want to know what's really funny? Is that your response right now to be shocked that it's only 10% when I talk to people who are actively having a suicidal ideation and I tell them that one in ten people at some point have thought about taking their own life they're shocked that it's so many Hmm. yeah and just to sort of uh, add a further dimension to um, what we were just talking about about how many people have thought understand that that's an average right so it's really high for like college-age students like upwards of like 30 to 50 percent who have felt suicidal you know and i I think that's an important distinction that the time of your life plays a big role too you know how old you are and what's going on and what it is you're sort of navigating through what sort of waters you know yeah i venture to say people who are working a nine to five are, are probably too busy doing bullshit to even think about it you
3: know? Yeah. You know what, though, man? Like, I, you know, you say that, but then, like, I'm reminded of something that I feel like, you know, maybe within our communities, we can say that we know this to be true, but that's not talked about really on a on a mainstream level, but should be along the same level as, you know, celebrities dying. Just the fact that this is true, that over 400 doctors kill themselves every fucking year. I mean, we could do a whole podcast just about that. When you think about the fact that people that are really going through some shit, when they're in like a culture and in the circumstances such that normal business hours, as far as mental health, help, that doesn't apply. To you, you know, like oh, when no, you're getting, sure. you can barely get your oil changed or, you know, just like the regular yeah. everyday life stuff, let alone actually seek when you think about if that's accurate over 400 doctors kill themselves every year that's like a whole fucking medical school wiped out every fucking year and when you think about how many each one of those doctors like how many patients they took care of on varying levels that's like fucking millions of people lose their doctor every year like that's something that i feel like i haven't really you know, learned about until recently. And as far as being able to like pick out whether somebody is someone capable of doing something like that, or even, you know, whether somebody's going through anything at all, it's really also like on a spectrum, because there was a guy that was a few years, my senior, I think I've told you about this, who, um, he was an older guy, you know, medicine was like his second career. And, you know, that probably adds like a bunch of dimensions into all of it. But he wound up graduating from an orthopedic surgery residency and getting a great job. And I saw him at a conference just like two years ago, and he looked like super happy. And he was, you know, telling us about his setup. You know, he had been practicing for like maybe like a year or two at that point, and just laughing with us, like genuinely happy to see us. And come to find out, just uh, this past year, and what's so crazy about the whole like story and how it went down is like he did a whole day's worth of surgeries, the spine surgeon, and at the end of his day, sometime at night, went back into his car, had a fucking shotgun in the car, and shot himself in the parking lot of the hospital. Oh, and it's just like, you see it, you know, yeah. being covered, but it's never front page news necessarily, nor, nor am I saying that it has to be, but just having that conversation, like at all, you know asking the questions of why like why yeah. is that and a lot of times it's like a cultural thing just the culture of medicine and like just how fucked up it really is like yeah. it, you know I, I think it's just painted as like a very you know that's why like people I feel like aren't even trying to hear it because they're like oh like what are the fucking doctor have to worry about like driving around in right, right. you know like fancy car yeah. like you know don't, you guys have right. like six figure salaries like not understanding right. the opportunity cost that went into that the fucking debt the fucking the yeah. sheer abuse on your own body like as far as you know not sleeping for days not eating not fucking going to right. the bathroom like you know just really yeah. fucking sacrificing yourself and you yeah. know for varying reasons anywhere from just being in a situation where you're like this is not what I thought it was and I can't get out or you have other shit going on a lot of times it's just a combination of a lot of fucked up things that are happening in various aspects of your life but you know people get divorced in residency people lose oh fuck yeah you know like friends and you know all kinds of like it's hard enough without having to go through anything else just the fucking thing itself is like enough to, you know, drive someone to that. So the fact that, you know, life happens to all of us and that there really isn't the infrastructure and the support system that's appropriate and necessary to fucking have people not kill themselves. Like like fucking over four hundred mm-hmm. doctors, man. Doctors killing themselves. And you know, that's just one profession. I mean, I'm I'm sure there are other ones that, you know, you hear about like dentists and lawyers and But it starts with a conversation, right? You know, whether one-on-one or like, you know, how we're trying to do it and really fucking raise awareness and really tackling issues like this that are super complicated. But it's just, it's like simple. Starting the conversation. Starting the conversation, man. That's it. That's really
2: what what it's about, man. Because I'm not, I'm not smart enough to solve any of this shit. I'm not naive enough to even pretend that I am, but I do know that when I do have these conversations with people that I walk away with a little something more. You know?
3: Yeah, 100%.
1: to suicide hotlines around the country have increased considerably since the deaths of Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain, which is not an unusual phenomenon in the aftermath of celebrity suicides. The Wall Street Journal reported a 25% spike at the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That's 1-800-273-8255 since Kate Spade's death. And USA Today also reported similar increases to both celebrities. Preceding the death of both Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain, as I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, the CDC reported increases in suicide rates throughout the country. Celebrity suicides have been correlated to increases in suicide rates before in history, like marriage. Marlon Monroe's 1962 death, for example, preceded a 12% spike in suicides nationwide. When people who have suicidal thoughts see celebrities like Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain, who seemingly have it all, kill themselves, it often makes them feel even more hopeless and alone. They basically think if these seemingly happy, famous, and wealthy people see no hope in continuing their own lives, then what's stopping me from ending it? Well, We at Medicine Remix believe that suicide prevention lifelines absolutely do help and people's calls will go through despite the surges in calls over the past week. If you or someone you know is thinking of hurting themselves and needs to talk to someone, here are a few numbers to try depending on where you are in the world. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline in the United States, that number is 1-800-273-8255. Samaritans in the United Kingdom, that number is 116-123 the Canadian Association for Suicide Prevention. That number is 1-833-456-4566. For a full list of suicide crisis lines, click the link in our show notes. Please feel free to call in with your thoughts, questions, and insights. As always, you're listening to the one and only Medicine Remixed.
0: This is probably one of the hardest things to do and that's ask for help. We need your help. help. On any front, asking for help, medically, I don't need therapy. Asking for help, life wise. Asking for help, supporting medicine remix. <laughs> I guess it's all uncomfortable. Uh. No easy way to do it until now. The folks over at Anchor have decided to unveil something that we think is pretty dope. Ladies and gentlemen, it's called listener support. And the way it works is you go to anchor.fm slash medicine remixed, and it'll take you to our page. There's a support button, click on it, follow what it says, and bam. You have now donated the vital blood to this organism that it needs to keep on pumping. Thanks for listening, Medicine Remix.